Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. So when we write fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter, any story, every story has to reach off the page into the commonalities the writer and the story share with the reader and the audience. And that is always and only humanity. Best writers, and here's a tip for you, so all you guys out there listening, watch what happens if you in your reading group or when you talk with an editor, when people read your work, watch how they respond. If they say, I love the part where the bank guard got up the floor and ran after the criminals, that was really cool. Or do they say, oh, I was so touched um, at his courage. I was so moved at his commitment. I was so frightened for him. One or the other, watch how they respond. Openly your vulnerabilities or your characters created vulnerabilities and your reader will latch there. I can't latch onto a, a 50 mile an hour car chase with machine guns downtown Chicago. I can watch that. But you want to put me in that car running around, you know, running around Chicago, having bullets fly all around me? Then you've got to explore um, the reasons, the greed, the anger, the, the betrayal, the loyalty, the child at home that needs Medicare, I am a medicine that you got to go rob a bank to get whatever. Then I'm going to go, okay. I feel that. We always want to emphasize humanity because that is the part, that's the bridge between the reader and the, and, and the book. Or if not a bridge, Victoria, then a mirror. Too many writers just give us the experience. I did this, I did this, I did this. But what did it mean? Um, I'm lapsing into memoir now because I teach a lot of veterans. And veterans by inclination in nature will give you a sit rep. On this day, this thing happened, and Bob got hit, and I did this, and I did that. And they will have a wall sometimes from their own involvement. Right. Um, and so in memoir work, too many of you out there watching this podcast who are doing memoirs and writing your own stories are thinking that what you did was interesting, and it's not. I don't care if you flew with Jeff Bezos to outer space. It's not, because that makes you a human uh, doing. And what we are is we're human beings. Who, who are you? So we w always want to write what something means to us in memoir. And it's funny because in fiction is the opposite. Fiction is don't tell the reader what it means. Let the reader supply it. But in memoir, if you just tell what you did, then you're, 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 you're leaning too much on the experience, not enough on the exploration. And fiction is the opposite. And Victoria, I will inhale after I say one last thing, and then I'll let you ask me another question. 
and perhaps in our time together, you'll have gotten in two questions. So, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um, that's that's fine. <laughs> we we so here's um, I break stories down, and I'm talking about fiction now, or maybe nonfiction works as well. But I break it down into two things, and that is um, story and plot. Now, plot is what happened. Plot is me and me and um, ten other guys. Ocean's Eleven. We went and held up a, a a casino in Vegas. That's the plot. That's what happened. Story, call it theme, call it impact, call it significance. But I say story. Story is what it meant. How? What was human about it? Right. Um, and here's here's the thing I love to teach is that plot makes us different. I will never be George Clooney. I will never rob a, I will never rob a casino with 10 of my best clever friends. Um, that plot makes us different. Story makes us the same. And that's why story is so important. Now, plot is important. I'm not denigrating plot, but we can over-rely on it. Now, repeat that. Plot is that thing that says to the reader, hey, this is exotic. This is new. This is uh, perhaps thrilling. This is certainly engaging and intellectually challenging. This is imaginative. Cool. We're all going to go rob a Vegas casino. You're going to learn how casinos work and security systems and all great plot. Every word of that distances me from the book. Even while it draws me in with interest from the characters, I go, I am really different from this person, right? From all these people. So the best you can do is interest me. The best you can do is amuse and entertain me. You draw me in when you start building bridges. And that bridge, what you and I have in common, Victoria, though we may be very different, we are 95 to 99% the same. Both had parents. We've both lost. We both gained. We both kicked the ground in disgust at our own behavior. We both said, I love you. We both heard those words. We've had them, we've had them denied and taken back. We've We've said them again, you know, we've, we've cut ourselves and our blood's red, the whole panoply of the human experience. All of that binds us and it will bind us to a book. It will bind us to a story. If we emphasize the experience, well, then we end up telling our reader, well, you're, you're, you're watching the roller coaster, right? Because, because I can watch a roller coaster and go, Ooh, that looks fun. Yeah. But I, have to be on the roller coaster before it is fun and that roller coaster is you and me and the bridge between us so when we write fiction nonfiction, doesn't matter any story every story has to reach off the page into the commonalities the writer and the story share with the reader and the audience and that is always and only humanity but i was nobody I mean, honestly, uh, all of my attempts at law school and, and these things were attempts at significance, like a lot of our lives are, right? You know, how do I how do I matter? How do I how do I rise above the psychological horizon of other people's view of me? Well, I was reading about the Battle of Stalingrad that said, uh, but not all the troop movements um, at the Battle of Stalingrad were, were large units. Some were small and personal encounters, like the duel between the top German and top Russian snipers, and I. If you you know you read the cartoons and like a little light bulb will appear over Dagwood's head, I I I, I, I it came on, and just reading that paragraph, so that little paragraph led me to the next two years and spending three months in Russia combing through archives, um, 
uh, I, I actually met Vasily Zaitsev and I wrote a book called War of the Rats, which mm-hmm. became the movie Enemy at the Gates, which turned into this career. Um, so it was, um, and along the way, a lot of hammering and nailing and, and sweating and, and, and doubt. And, um, but the thing that I never forgot was that if I failed, the world wasn't losing anything exceptional. Honestly, I'm not prescribing this for your audience. I'm not saying consider yourself to be worthless. But I kind of wasn't stupid and I'm not stupid now. I knew I had certain capabilities that I were going unused. And I said, if I don't try them, if I don't use them and commit to them, um, then they will stay unused. <clears throat> so I literally did that. I looked at that picture of Isaac Asimov and I said, well, that right there is the kind of significance I want. Um, and I just felt like I was betting a penny. I mean, you know, my mom would miss me. My dad would go, where's David? You know, he's not at the table. And, um, you know, my friends would be like, oh, but to a large extent, if I just kind of blew up in the process and disappeared, the world would go on. Um, so I asked, and maybe your audience can ask themselves at this, why are you protecting yourself? Now, if you're Prince Harry, yeah, okay, look out. You got something going on, right? But for a lot of us, um, why was I being so careful with my life? Why was I being so protective? Why was I going to law school to try to earn a living doing something I didn't really believe in? And, and, and on and on. And I know this answer is going on and on. I'm sorry for that, but- oh, you're fine. Um, oh, but I, I uh, storyteller. Um, but I did, I literally thought, what does it matter? I'm being so careful with this life um, that if I, it's a penny, maybe a nickel on my best days, right? And I thought, why, why am I so careful with me? So I, um, I committed myself to wanting to be a writer. And I will conclude this part of my, my, my dialectic with um, the first published writer I ever met was me. The first writing class I ever sat in, I taught. The first New York agent I ever met was the one that took me on. Uh, the first editor I ever spoke with was my editor. I came completely out of left field. I had nothing. I'd never taken a writing class. Um, I just threw myself at it, and I read, and I read, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I, I uh, taught myself everything I could. Um, and then I just had good people who believed in what I was doing around me, and there we are. So um, I'm, I'm an example, I suppose, of... Um, of, 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 yeah, hard work, uh, but, but no small amount of good luck. Um, and um, I guess what I'm trying to say to your audience, and for the moment my audience, is there's none of you listening to this right now who, if I could do it, you can do it. I am not smarter than you. I am not nothinger than you. I simply committed to it. Uh, and it seems that the, the, the book gods do favor at least the bold. Well, I, I was born in Vietnam in 1968 uh, it, during the war. And um, I found out later in life that my mother was the 27th child uh, of a huge family. Wow. My Vietnamese grandfather, who was very rich and a, and a major commander for the South Vietnamese army, mm-hmm. uh, seven wives at the same time. Oh, my. <laughs> so in, in being a young kid who wanted to be a writer, uh, how do you forego 
you know, their stories. And so I wanted to um, keep their stories alive, um, especially my grandfather who disowned his daughter, my mother, because she married a black American Catholic. And so that, that is always interesting, a, a dynamic that I found interesting. And I'm always interested in conflict, not only because of the Vietnam War, but the conflicts on a personal level, um, you know, within a family. You, you have a father uh, who disowns his own daughter. Um, a year after I was born, um, he, 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 he came by to see what I look like. He was curious, you know, what does a black man and a Vietnamese woman produce? And he saw me and he realized I looked so much like him. And he allowed his, his daughter uh, back in the family again. And he accepted my father as his son-in-law. So growing up and learning about the conflict within the family, how can you not tell those stories? And so that, that's, that's the thing that uh, inspired me to write. So that, that, is, that is so true, uh, Victoria, because I didn't find out until, uh, about my um, grandfather's seven wives and 27 children until I was 30 years old. Wow. And, and I thought, and, and I pressed my mother uh, for information because I was working on my first novel in grad school. And I, and I was working on a dream chapter, a dream sequence, where I recalled as a three-year-old living in Vietnam, uh, being in a house filled with women. And, 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 and all my life I was told, oh, th those were the nursemaids, they were the maids, they were the housekeepers. And, and, and something just didn't feel right when I was writing this chapter. And I called my mother up one day and I was 30 years old. And I said, uh, those were his mistresses, weren't they? You know, they, they were not my nursemaids or my little brother's nursemaids or the household maids. And she finally confessed, no, they were his wives. And I thought, had I not written, worked on this novel during grad school, um, had I not pressed my mother about it, th those stories would have died. I, I, I would not have known about my grandfather and his wives and his 27 children. Wow. I, you know, I was 30 years old and I thought those stories would have died. And so my task is to tell their stories, to keep their stories alive because as the, like you said, as a chosen one, right? Right. When I die, their stories go away. So luckily I have two daughters, Layla and Naomi. They're, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty um, smart. <laughs> I'll give them that. Um, they, they both want to be writers as well. Nice. And hopefully they can keep the stories going on. You know, they can continue the stories that, that I can't tell within however many years I have left in life, you know. Um, so hopefully they can keep that legacy going. And I but, remember yeah. uh, doing a, a book report on Stevie Wonder. Um, I, 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 th I think it was in eighth grade. And, and he was told that, because he's blind, he was told that 
oh, you'll never amount to much. So you, you might as well get used to learning how to weave baskets. Jeez. Wow. Stevie Wonder, you know, Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and his mom said, no, I, I, I think you can do more. Yeah. So she taught him how to identify coins. She would drop coins on the, you know, a quarter, a dime, a nickel, a penny right. and say, what is that? And he, he, that's how he learned music. Wow. The drops of coins, you know, on a table. I mean, th- think about it. If, if Stevie Wonder had given in and said, well, you know what? I, I guess I'll make brooms and weave baskets for, for, for all my life because that's, that's all I'm good for. I mean, we would not have gotten, you know, great right. from such a man, you know? Right. Yeah. So, it, it's yeah. the passion behind it, you know? That, I mean, you yes. don't want to give up that passion or that dream. Uh, it, it's what you want to do. Exactly. You know? Um and you don't want to be thwarted or deterred in any way from seeing whatever dream or passion you have come to fruition. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.